Yo folks, I'm Bernie Schuster and I'm welcoming you to day 6 of my podcast Cycling to Athens, why not? In the last episode I mentioned I'm an adventurer and maybe some of you wondered what else did Bernie do actually besides cycling? In 2022, me and my girlfriend had the honor to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. A seven-day adventure through marvelous landscapes with wonderful local people up to the very top, the Uhuru Peak. A humbling experience, the majestic mountain combined with a unique culture, enormous poverty of local tribes like Chaga people, Maasai and many more. The one thing that all adventurers, regardless in sport, in job, in art or music or whatever your cup of tea is, is the following. The uncomfortable uncertainty, the discomfort that accompanies the decision-making process. The doubts, the hours you spend on finding reasons for not doing it. Overcoming these is the first and most important step into your adventure. Talking adventures, today I will continue talking about my road cycling adventure from Austria to Greece, from Vienna to Athens. Right now, I'm in Croatia exploring and finding my way through the unknown, part number two. It will be my last full day in Croatia. And the country sends its farewell with two challenges. Challenge number one, heat. Challenge number two, hills. And it sends many hills, like a roller coaster. Next to the cycling challenge, I'm excited to finally get to Dubrovnik. I have read all the novels of The Song of Ice and Fire from George R. R. Martin. I'm a huge fan and didn't know that the most important city of this novel, King's Landing, is actually Dubrovnik. I was very curious if I would recognize actual scenes from the series whilst I cycle through the city. Anyhow, beside this, that today's main topic is about nutrition. Nutrition for long distance cycling trips, obviously. Have you ever experienced, for example, a sudden extreme hunger feeling on the bike? Like a Hungerast, a German word. Do you wonder what kind of nutrition is the best energy source for this kind of exercise? If not, I will try my best to get clarity and interesting facts in here. Anyway, wherever you are in this very moment and whatever you are doing, make yourself comfortable, get granola bars and bananas ready, fill up your water bottles and let's give it some beans together. As usual, we would like to start with looking at the tour data, facts and figures. The starting point was still the city of Drevenik. I guess it's not a surprise. The end point of this very day is a place called Molonat. It's already in the very south of Croatia. A total distance was covered of 171 kilometers. Yep, I did not follow my own rules of roughly 150 kilometers. The total ascent, the total climbing was 2,276 meters, so a lot actually. There was no big climb, but many, many little ones. And I thought, if I don't follow already my distance rule, why should I follow my ascent rule of 2,000 meters, right? Average speed was 23.9, almost 24 kilometers per hour. 
and the total time on the bike was 7 hours and 10 minutes and I burned 4,168 kilocalories. Yep, this was actually what has been happening on this very day. But now, let's talk tour journal. Alright, so what did actually happen on this beautiful Sunday, the 12th of September? It was the second day of part two of my tour, which is called The Unknown. Cycling fever, I mentioned already, is on. I was keen to hit the road and hit it hard. I was ready for a big day and indeed it has been a very, very big day. After planning this trip, I knew it is going to be a tough one, but as well a super exciting one. 171 kilometer with a total ascent of 2,276 meters with actual no real mountain, just hilly coastline is a clear sign for strain, stress and challenge. So that was really clear, but it was not clear that it's going to be that hard. Many, many, many little but painful climbs. To give you an idea, between 100 and 300 meter altitude with a length between 3 to 7 kilometers was the average climb. And I had in total 14 to 15 of these. Yippee-yay-yay. Beside the climbing, as I said, it was hot, actually super hot, 30 degrees Celsius plus hot. Let us go through the main events chronologically. Cycling through a small land tongue of Bosnian and Herzegovina, so basically crossing a country, crazy, wonderful, exciting. I was curious before that and during it if I would have some problems during crossing the actual border, you know, because of COVID, because of regulations. But no, everything was smooth and easy. Let us talk a bit scenery and the countryside. Next to Slivno, the landscape was just lovely. Look it up, the city. It was so green. It was full of streams, lakes and ponds. Really unexpected. Such um, fauna and flora in the very, very, very south, actually, of Croatia. Impressive at this point was passing the famous, I would say famous bridge of Peljesak. I hope I pronounce it correct. It's a long, beautiful architectural highlight that actually connects the mainland with the peninsula of Ston. And this is shortly before the actual city of Neum. Unfortunately, I couldn't pass the bridge. I mean, I could have passed the bridge, but it was basically not on my route. So I was just passing by, but it was really a beautiful architectural highlight. As I said, slowly but surely, I was approaching Dubrovnik and I was so excited. This spectacular city with many ports, with enormous ships, yachts and luxurious facilities for the rich was basically ahead of me and I was slowly approaching. The actual cycling through the city center of Dubrovnik was as well exciting from the HBO series We all know it's wonderful, medieval buildings, towers, castles, streets, etc. I cycled through the old town, so to the actual center center, and I felt like being amid the Starks and the Lannisters' intrigues. But everything was alright, no one murdered me or poisoned me. <laughs> What was my impression? It's a melting pot of tourism, 
old medieval buildings and modern infrastructure, and this was all really impressive. So really unexpected infrastructure, cultural highlight in the very, very south of Croatia. And I thought, why is it not more well-known in my circle of influence within my friends, my family, etc.? It's a wonderful city. It's next to the Adriatic Sea. It has an airport, actually, and it's culturally really, really impressive. So, yeah, it's definitely worth visiting Dubrovnik. Cycling in the city was not too easy, as you may imagine. Many cars, many buses, and a lot of tourists you need to take care of. Funny story of the actual cycling in Dubrovnik. Somehow, I made it with navigation and detouring onto a one-way street, which is not too bad, right? But I took the one-way street in the wrong direction, so I needed to get, find my way through cars that were parking and cars that were heading into my direction. All of them were pretty angry with me and I got a couple of bad looks from cars and bus drivers, but in the end it was fine. From a cycling perspective, I would say the last 45 minutes of this very tour have been the icing on the cake. 300 meters climbing over a distance of 7 kilometers after 160 kilometers of total cycling in 35 degrees plus, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Hell yeah, this is what you need. As I said, there is an airport. After passing the airport of Dubrovnik, I slowly approached and arrived in Molunard. Where I remember I couldn't find my hotel right away, which was super annoying. It was my fault actually. I did not enter the actual address into Komoot. As I told you last episode, you should do. Street names and houses were confusing. Numbers of the houses were not really clear. I think it was definitely influenced by my exhaustion level, which was really high. But eventually I found my way to the hotel and to my final place so everything was fine and everything was well. At this very point I realized that this was already my last full day in Croatia. Crazy. I left Austria, past Slovenia, past Bosnia and Herzegovina and almost left Croatia behind me. The border to Montenegro is only 13 kilometers away and the tour of unknown will be continued. Dear adventurers, as promised before, now we are talking about nutrition in the main topic of today. All I'm going to tell you is based on my own experience during the trip and a bit of information from my university time and from my studies. Let me start with a normal cycling day through the perspective of food only. Three main important nutrients for long bicycle rides. It's carbohydrates, proteins and fat. And all three are key. After getting up in the usual morning, the most important dish of the day is breakfast. And Bernie is a real breakfast lover. By the way, the word breakfast comes from breaking the fasting. So actually the nightly fasting time of no eating. Interesting. I hope so. Breakfast, the most essential, and I really enjoyed it almost every day with only a couple of 
exceptions. So what did I do? I tried to focus on carbohydrates and on proteins. I tried to avoid fat and sugar in the morning. Not too much sugar a bit is okay since I usually had enough during the day and these glucose monosaccharides are not really ideal for a long-lasting energy source. They kick in very fast but fade out very soon and then you get immediately into basically a phase where you get hungry and this is not good. In addition, I tried to eat cheese, cream cheese or cottage cheese, so a bit of fat but a healthy fat. I focused on oatmeal, classic muesli with oat milk or normal milk. I am a milk drinker and I recognize that a lack of potassium when I skip milk. So be aware of your needs and if you are a milk drinker, make sure you keep drinking milk. If you're not, maybe you need to bring some potassium pills that you are counteracting the need and the lack because of your exertion during cycling. In addition, I try to eat as well fruits to get vitamins in to stay healthy. Very important, café, café chal, agrosa brauna, coffee, cappuccino, espresso. For sure, we need to think about our soul and our mental health and our well-being, so a good coffee is essential. And lastly, we talked about this already, water, the fountain of youth and success. Of course, this is my exaggerated words, but I try to drink one liter in the very morning before I even get close to the bike because it's important that you have your bases filled before you actually hit the road. Talking about the road, now we are sitting on the bike. Just imagine 8 o'clock in the morning, a wonderful morning. You sit on the bike, you're cycling, you have a good cadence, you feel well, no pain, everything is in order. And now the strategy is as follows. You need to try to have a snack every one and a half to two hours, regardless if you are hungry or not. You cannot wait until you are hungry, because then it might be too late. So well, in my case, I just checked the watch and it showed 9.30 and I said, perfect, one granola bar is on Bernie's menu. We need to make sure that our carbohydrate storage is always filled, constantly. So then after 10.30, I think it's time for a second snack, a little snack, and I had, for example, a power bar or a banana or a sandwich. After this second snack, I continued to cycle and then roughly it became 12 o'clock. And 12 o'clock was for me always an exciting time because it was lunchtime. And here was important. Find something that's exciting. Find something that is easy accessible, so ideally next to your actual route with a nice terrace or a nice outside spot. So you cannot really always time it very well because you need a place that offers such a thing and you don't want to spend too much time in searching. Therefore, I was always looking at ahead, oh, there's a city coming or a bigger, smaller city coming and this might be a good place to find something. What I tried, park your bike directly next to the terrace, for example, ideally next to you, so you don't need to worry about locking it up. 
and I usually ordered carbohydrates and low-fat content and if possible something with eggs so high on proteins. I choose always rather smaller portions because after lunch you need to continue to cycling immediately and this is something that would have you know stressed me a bit if I have too big portions and meat heavy portions. So always try to be rather meat free which is for me easier to digest and easier to continue cycling afterwards. After the lunch, after the actual meal, after your dessert, it's always important to have a nice espresso, to enjoy life and appreciate the day. My most famous stops after the lunch were my coffeehouse stops. Sometimes I did the coffeehouse stops already in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. And here's a secret, sometimes I did it two times a day and it was amazing. And if I can share this with you in a humble way, I think I became a coffeehouse cycling stop pro. So what was happening? Bernie sees a coffeehouse, makes a decision, this is it. Rolls up directly next to the table or next to the front where they sell the stuff. I get there and I have been ordering always in the same cadence. One liter of water, a double espresso, a coke and usually a little treat like any type of pastry, like a good old Apfelstrudel or Topfenstrudel or Sachertorte or something that looked like it. The rest of the water after this came into the water bottles for the bike and it was always the same, it was always easy and it was always quick, which is important. It was like a well-oiled ordering engine. After the lunch and after the afternoon coffee house, I arrived at my final destination and then the dinner was the last missing puzzle piece of Bernie's Nutrition Day. Again here I tried to find a nice place, I tried to find a, find a place with friendly people at a nice location, ideally with local people, to get firstly into maybe a conversation, because believe me, after so many hours alone, you appreciate if someone talks to you, and secondly, you learn about local culture, you see what people are eating, and that is always interesting. Every evening I had proper dinner, so this was my treat. And it was both, I would say, a physical and a mental treatment. It is really important that you celebrate the achievements of the day. And what do I mean by celebrating? Really take the time to think about what you have done this very day and be thankful for this and be proud of yourself. And this is really through thinking, go through the experiences you did, this is very important. Enjoy always local dishes, so get to know the local cuisine and learn about the culture of the place where you are, doing this whilst and through talking to the waiter, talk to the waitress, tell them who you are, tell them what you're doing, ask for some advice, ask for tips, that's really a great experience and this is really really needed and here the most important tip actually if you do the dinner tell yourself that you have burned on this very day approximately 4000 kilocalories that means you can literally eat whatever you want and you don't need to worry 
too much about the calories. Extremely important here an experience I would like to share. Whilst cycling, as soon as you put your butt on the saddle, you need to make sure you have food on you. Literally in your back, in your jersey. A sandwich, a granola bar, multiple granola bars ideally, and some nuts or other type of fruit. You need to be prepared that you are in unknown countries in a situation where you have no access to a supermarket or any other facility, maybe a problem with the bike in a remote place and you need to be autonome and you need to be safe. That's really important. The same thing with water. We talked about this. But now let's dive a bit deeper into the so-called metabolism and what's actually happening exactly in our body. The data I'm talking about and referring to were from a source called Open Oregon, Education Resources and Time. And here are some interesting facts and figures. The main nutrients, as already mentioned, carbohydrates, proteins and fat are transferred in the body to ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And during endurance sports, like for example cycling in low intensities, the body is mainly in an aerobic metabolism, like steady state. And in this state, there is enough oxygen, so aerobic metabolism. It uses all nutrients since enough oxygen is available, so it's very efficient. Mainly, we are burning actually fat as a major source. And since we have almost unlimited fat resources, this can continue for a very, very long time. But here's the interesting thing. The body uses mainly aerobic glycosis metabolism until roughly 90 minutes before switching to fat as a major source for metabolism because the body cannot store more. So my experience with eating after 90 minutes is supported actually by science. Since the major source is changing from carbohydrates to fat metabolism, it explains the feeling of hunger and with it my learning to eat slightly before that. On top of that, it explains the craving for carbohydrates during a coffee stop and that you are not craving meat, for example, or I did not. So what we learned here, that my coffee stops were actually very important to fill up the glycogen carbohydrates body storage for aerobic metabolism. Hmm, interesting. Another interesting phenomena is the German hunger ast, or what I mentioned in the intro, the very abrupt and intense need for food. This is actually caused by the rather fast exhaustion of carbohydrates in the form of glycose caused by too high intensity or too little storage, for example, if there is no breakfast. So the fat metabolism is not yet up running, but the carbohydrates are already low or you will run out of them. And this explains as well this abrupt hunger because your body is not yet ready set up. It's so interesting how science explains basically our, or in this case my, in vivo pain points actually on the bike and my experiences. 
not too bad, I would say. I hope you enjoyed this excurs. And here my last couple of tips. Remember the water bottles. Water is important, four to five liters on the bike every day. If you're down one bottle of water, stop and refill it as soon as possible. I brought potassium pills for the water, which worked super fine for me. And it was a good complement to the days where I did not have milk and I did not use gels. I didn't use them before my trip, so I had no experience and I didn't want to start with a new food supply actually during the trip. Whoa, what a topic. Gels, water, metabolism, ATP, fat, proteins, carbohydrates. Wow, interesting topic. I hope it was interesting to you. Please let me know what you think if you have any questions or if you have any insights or input that could help me. Awesome. Now I would like to talk about emails and messages. And it's a super important topic to me. If you text me, if you write me, it is like applause to me and I really appreciate this. For me, it's very hard and actually impossible to sense how you feel about the podcast. So it's a bit like I send a letter and I never really know if the letter arrives and what people think about the letter. So feedback is always welcome. So please follow, rate, recommend me if you like it and get back to me. As did dear Adi, dear Sarah, dear Christian, dear Martin and dear Tobias, all from Austria, really thanks a lot for your nice messages either via Facebook, via email or via my phone. Really appreciate it. Justin and Philip on LinkedIn, I really appreciate your thumbs up and your nice words. As usual, comments and input are always welcome. And thanks for taking the time. Time is flying, ladies and gentlemen. And I think we should slowly move out of the saddle and get some stretching in. Therefore, let me quickly talk about the next session. It will be the beginning of the most eventful three days of the whole trip. And I mean the whole trip, including part one, the tour of pain. The unknown is going to hit me really hard. First it lulls me in and then it comes back straight and hard into my face. On this very day, I take you with me into and through Montenegro right into Albania. A classic three-country day. Super exciting. But more next time in Cycling to Athens. Why not? My name, surprisingly, is still Bernie Schuster. I'm the host. You are brilliant and you are perfect exactly as you are. Please never forget this. And I would like to end with the quote of the day that motivated me a lot during many, many days of my trip. Do today what others will not so you can do tomorrow what others cannot. Bernie Schuster, over and out. <laughs>